Welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. How are you? How are you doing? You driving, listening, in your room, house, studying. Been hearing some pretty cool places and, and cool experiences of people that have been listening to this podcast. So wherever you are, thanks for tuning in. If you're running like Tim Flynn and listens to us just, just so we can get angry. Tim, if you're listening, thanks for tuning in, man. Thanks for tuning in. Just like everybody else. This podcast was a was a fun episode. It was, it was different because um, our guest uh, Matthew Ibrahim um, wasn't a, a physical therapist, but he's around physical therapists and he's living the fitness, the lifting world. Uh, but he's also doing some of the hands-on stuff as a licensed manual therapist, not a physical therapist, a manual therapist. And it, it's it's an interesting world, and it was it was really kind of cool to pick Matthew's brain about how the balance of passive treatments combines with the other extreme of loading and lifting and the fitness world and he does both and he's around people that juggle the two which I feel like is is a juggle at this point because you're torn in half of doing hands-on treatment that does help people and you're also lifting which helps people just in different ways so we chatted about that and hopefully you enjoyed this episode and it gives a, a, a different perspective into how people can get, be helped you know because that's all it really comes down to is helping people. So let's get to that episode after a word from our sponsor, WebPT. Insurance is a complicated beast. It's even more complicated for your patients, I promise you. So wh what do you do when your patients don't really understand their benefits or if you're struggling to collect payments from from the patients with high deductible plans? Like, wh What do you do? How do you combat all these changes in the constantly evolving healthcare landscape? And Insurance is confusing as it is, and I'm sure you have all these questions. I get plenty of questions about insurance, um, and I usually ask them to people that really know insurance a lot better than I do. But there, there's so much information, and, and thankfully, Heidi Janenga, WebPT president and co-founder, and WebPT CEO Nancy Ham sat down and did an awesome webinar, which you can find at webpt.com forward slash sticker. That's webpt.com forward slash sticker free webinar about insurance you, you can all these questions that i posed in the beginning get answered if you're if your patients have questions about high deductibles and just how you deal with this entire complex environment in a really customer experience friendly way definitely check out webpt.com forward slash sticker for their free webinar on all stuff insurance deductibles health plans and now let's get into therapy insiders Welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Shirakabrad here with Dr. Joe Palmer, Dr. Urson Religioso. Guys, how are you guys doing? Good, Gene. I'm doing well, Gene. Urson, everyone healthy in the family? Uh, pretty much. I, our kids pretty much missed two weeks of school and gymnastics, and tomorrow will be the first day that everyone goes back to everything. My wife had actually wished... Uh, 
like it was November um, during the snowstorm. She said, I wish that we just had a week of nothing where we were just snowed in and we had two days of snow and then a week and a half of flu. So, yeah, literally we were almost trapped in our house and all we did was cook and do nothing. But uh, when five out of five kids are sick at once, that was kind of brutal. How about you? Everyone well at your house? That's that that's rough. Like I I feel I feel bad talking about our, our stuff now hearing that. But yeah, like we we had the opposite. It was Jamie and I got sick, and I feel like over the last six months I've been sick more frequently than I probably have in the last five years. And I think it, it has has to do with Zoe, the second baby that gets thrown into the equation with with preschool and daycare and all the stuff getting passed around, and like it passes through them so quickly, but. My kids are like my immune system kryptonite, and uh, I can be around sick people. Like they can spit in my face, and I'll be okay. As soon as my son, and now Zoe, same thing. As soon as they have a sniffle, like three days later, the the viral contamination period, I am knocked on my ass. Oh, to, dude, you're gonna make me sick. I I made it through this unscathed. Hold on, I'm gonna knock on wood. Yeah, but yeah, ever since I had kids, I would get sick. I mean as often as they would and the more kids you have you think you get sick more but I, all i can say is one time i remember my one daughter when she was two she's eight now but she was two she was handing me cheerios and i was like oh, these cheerios are kind of like water you're like <laughs> so i had like five of them and i'm i don't know i was on my computer or phone or something and i look i look <clears> over <throat> and she keeps like going here dad here dad and i look over and they're like cheerios that are stuck to her face stuck in snot running out of her nose and she's peeling them off her face and handing them to me and i'm thinking why do i get sick so often fantastic i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you shared that story um that's one of my that, favorite stories that's, that's fantastic please never yeah. share that again um Matt's like i don't want to have kids yeah <laughs> joe joe how about you have you experienced that yet with your kiddo uh no i urson was that real wood that you knocked on because it sounded kind of hollow um uh, you know, let's see. Uh, maybe that's why you get sick. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good. Uh... I don't think I put this together with an Allen wrench. It might be real wood. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you, you could say God forbid, and uh, it's the same effect as knocking uh, on wood. Uh, all right. Well, same, same difference, I guess. Um, um, uh, my wife has just come down with something that uh, Bryson had, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. So. So let's let's uh, let's hope for the best. Yeah, you know what I've heard though that is good, that helps strengthen the immune system, guys. It's it, it's a little thing called exercise and, and being and being healthy. Is um, is there any truth to that, Arson? Do you know, or is that a myth? Ah, uh, you know what? It seems that exercise is good for everything. <clears throat> everything? I've heard that. Yeah. It's uh, a court, you know, there's a guy who I know, Dr. Gene Chirakabrod, he once said that exercise is one of the only evidence-based things that seems to be good for everything. I don't know who this guy is, but I like, I like him. Sounds like a smart guy. I'm paraphrasing. I made it sound better, but. Well, it's it's the, it's attributed to him. So if you make it sound better, it doesn't matter. It's still attributed to the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we've talked about exercise a good bit so far. We've kind of, uh, went back and forth between pain science and, and a little bit more clinical aspects with uh, our last, last couple of guests, especially Jason Silvernail, which I've had a ton of positive, um, feedback for from that episode. People really enjoyed 
the um, Jason's episode and uh, you, you can kind of call him the worst skeptic maybe ever because he's so level-headed he, he doesn't take extremes but um, I think that makes him a good skeptic because he's um, he processes things very reasonably so I got a lot of that feedback but back to back to let, let's get back to exercise a little bit and strength training and and kind of that fitness aspect and we know that that exercise is good for a lot of things and being fit so um, it, it would be cool to talk a little bit more about this with our guest today as well, Urs. Yeah. Our guest tonight is Matthew Ibrahim. Uh, I first met him online several years ago, and he reached out to me and said, hey, you want to share my blog, Mobility 101? And I just thought, uh, you know, I'd have to see your content first. That's usually what I say. And then I, I never really thought anything about it. And then... Uh, Maybe about a year or two after that, he switched his brand to Movement Resiliency, and I thought, oh, that's a really interesting brand. And um, lo and behold, it was also Matt Abraham. And I went to go look up his, uh, I actually did homework for tonight's intro because sometimes I botch intros. I don't know if you guys notice or not. Well, first time for everything, the homework, not not the botch intros. There's there's plenty of those. Right. Well, no, you know, sometimes I actually botch the intros. I do. I do homework anyway. And then, lo and behold, I go to Movement Resiliency. It's gone. That Facebook page. I got a four hundred four. <laughs> got a four hundred four when I Googled it. It's like, do you own this domain? It was an empty domain. I just thought, what the heck happened to Matt's stuff? And Matthew Ibrahim has a brand now called MatthewIbrahim.com. He's a strength coach. He's a massage therapist. He's into health, wellness. I see him do powerlifting and psych himself out on Instagram. It's probably one of my favorite things to watch is you psyching yourself out, Matthew. <laughs> um, but I think uh, it'll be a good discussion tonight because he is not a physical therapist. And uh, it's one of our first guests, I think, that is a strength coach and massage therapist, right? So yeah. tell everyone. And he also works at Boston, Boston uh, PT and Wellness. <laughs> tell everyone over there I said hi and welcome to the podcast tonight, Matt. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I truly appreciate it. Glad to have you, man. Um, you know, we, we haven't had a ton of um, non-physical therapist guests, so great, great to have you on. And, you know, don't, don't fuck it up for everyone else. Well, you know, I, I won't. That's, <laughs> I'm going to come through strong here. So I, I, will, I will have you all know, and I think a lot of people out there might not know, so I've spent the past seven years working in physical ther- therapy and sports where you have outpatient clinics as kind of an assistant aide. And I attempted to get into PT school for three years in a row, um, five schools each time. So I have 15 letters of, of uh, you know, application letters in front of me, all denied. So I did diligently try to get in to be a PT. What ended up happening was I didn't get in, obviously, but I stuck around and surrounded myself with healthcare professionals to garner some respect in that area. And kind of lo and behold, I mean, I'm not a PT, and I, I don't, I don't say that I am, but. I ended up getting my LMT just to be able to put my hands on other people from a from a rehabilitative standpoint in assisting the PTs along with the sports medicine, sports rehab care. So, yeah, I mean that that's that's awesome. Not not the part of you not getting into school, but we we we've talked about plenty of times that there there's a lot of ways to help people, and obviously I think this this speaks to the to the fact that no one really owns exercise. That it's it's something that is is part of a lot of professions and whether physical therapy or not and, and through conversations that we've had we've we've kind of uh, we've shown that physical therapists aren't necessarily the best at prescribing exercise which is um, kind of ass backwards I would think but especially mm-hmm. loading right when we're talking about strength and conditioning so like yeah. in in your in your 
in your experience and kind of your travels of being in the in the in the rehab circles, let's say, but still focusing on strength and conditioning, like what have you seen of kind of watching these these environments? Where have you seen the deficits and um, and how have you been able to incorporate some of that? So I'll look, I'll look at two sides of the coin here. And although I think rehab truly equals training like Charlie talks about, I mean, I look at it on the same perspective. So it's on the same playing field. It just, it just comes down to a matter of what's the individual's level of ability and current skill set and are they injured, are they hurt, or are they healthy? But So the way I look at it is from a sports rehabilitation standpoint, um, I think physical therapists are getting better and they're understanding, hey, look, like we need to load things. You need to actually lift weights build some tissue tolerance, some joint integrity so that we can actually get back to training, back to performance, back to fitness levels and not just, you know, ripping away on clamshells and pink pink one pound dumbbells for, you know, three times 30 sets. So I've seen there be, there's been a bit of uh, a progression there in terms of PTs and rehab professionals, <clears throat> excuse me, are now using strength and conditioning principles within their rehabilitative process. Um, so I think that's a good sign. And I try to do my best to surround myself with people who are, are you know, cut from that cloth. Um, on the other side of the coin, um, strength conditioning field has obviously taken off a lot. It's really saturated. Um, you've seen the whole quote-unquote corrective exercise boom come in. And truly, like like Tony Gentacore talks about, like corrective exercise is doing shit correctly. Like just doing things properly. So I think there is a time and a place for corrective exercise. But... Um, what I what I don't like to see is a lot. There's a, a lot of uh, trainers and strength coaches utilizing quote unquote corrective exercise and kind of rehabilitative principles and doing you know, kind of walking that fine line in that gray area, so to speak, um, where maybe maybe it's not something that they should be doing. Um, you know, you can talk about you know the whole the whole area of okay, strength coaches and trainers kind of putting their hands on clients and you know that whole gray line of. Are they doing manual therapy? Are they trying to do soft tissue stuff when they're not licensed to and all those type of things? So, but this goes for everything. So it's, there's always good and bad. It's just, it's just what you can take from it, apply and move forward with. But I think there's a lot of good on both sides, but there's still some weak links, so to speak, that we need to shore up and make sure that we're staying in our lanes and working you know, with the hat we're allowed to wear per our license and credentials and also surrounding ourselves with a team. So, um, you know, I work at a strength conditioning facility in Waltham, Mass, south of Boston, just called um, Boston Underground Strength Training. Um, and I also work, you know, in a, in a sports physical therapy uh, facility in Medford, Mass, just south of Boston as well, called Boston Physical Therapy Wellness. And the point of that is that I surround myself with PT, strength coaches, ATCs, and we have re- uh, referrals with doctors in that network and whatnot. And I'm, um, I'm also in the clinical athlete network um, with Quinn Hennick and that kind of global healthcare network. So the purpose of me saying all this is that I'm surrounded by people who are better than me in certain areas. So if I have to punt the ball in the fourth down to someone who's better than me, I will do so because at the end of the day, the most important thing is the client success. That's the most important thing. Them getting healthy and strong and uh, building long-term resilience. So that gray area, you know, I also found interesting because I see a lot of massage therapists online who follow my work or the strength coaches online and you know they want to say use the edge tool or or something on someone and they always tell them like you you know you can technically do whatever you want it's just Mm -hmm. that you have nothing protecting you if you hurt someone or you you can't treat someone with you know an underlying pathology and say you're treating that pathology i mean you could anyone anyone could show someone exercise but i mean you can't say similar to me I can't prescribe nutritional information, but I can give someone wellness nutritional information to improve their energy levels, but it can't be for their low back pain. So mm-hmm. that whole 
you know, I, I, it always bothered me that there were certain courses online that, you know, maybe even Charlie has, has gone after <laughs> indirectly, um, where they're, they're directed toward more of the fitness route. And I know PTs have taken these courses and, it's, you know, they were dismayed to see that, like, they were the only healthcare professionals actually in the entire course. And, yeah. and they're just talking about diagnosis and treating people with neck pain and back pain and, you know, TMJ issues. And, and I just think, um, you know, that's like, how do you, I know you're part of the team, but like, when do you bounce <clears throat> back to say, you know, Zach or someone else at your practice? Yeah. No, great question. So the way it works within the clinical setting. So if, if someone's coming to one of our doctor physical therapists for physical therapy treatment, right? So they're getting treatment and the PT says to me, I, perfect example, I got an email today. There's, there's, Client X, because I'm not going to say any names, obviously. Um, she's get, This client is getting treatment for X, whatever it may be. And Zach, who who obviously is my husband, work husband, if, if those of you don't know, um, he he said, "Hey Matt, I want you to you know work on some soft tissue stuff for client X, you know this body part because of this, 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 and that, because it's going to enhance what I do from a PT side." That's what he told me. So not a problem at all. As long as I'm just working in my role as a manual therapist, providing soft tissue treatment to the localized area, and then punting them back to the PT for the other modalities that they're going to do from a PT, you know, diagnostic standpoint, all that stuff, which I'm not going to do. That's one scenario. It's you know, if someone calls the office and says, "Hey, you know, you know, I, I need a, I, I torn, I'm coming off a torn ACL. Obviously, I'm not taking that person. That's for the PTs. I'm, that's not the hat I wear." But if someone, like, let's say there's a power lifter comes in, hey, you know, I got some low back, general soreness, you know, there's no neurological stuff, there's nothing that requires, you know, any modalities from a PT standpoint, and they just want some soft tissue work just from general um, maintenance, then I would see them for that. But, you know, if someone comes in and they, I run them through, like, a screen, you know, I use FMS, SFMA, whatever, I use a bunch of stuff that gets them through a screen, and I say, hey, look, like, you're actually not for me. I need to punt you to them. You're better suited for them. If they're showing some neurological stuff, some stuff that's just not up my alley, I can just literally say, okay, I'm going to walk you five feet to the right. We're going to have these guys take a look at you and say, you're not up my alley. So I keep it as simple as that. Um, I don't play around. If it's something not, not up my toolbox, I, I have no reason to mess around with that person. I can hand them over to a, a licensed healthcare practitioner who's better and more licensed to do those things, whereas I'm not. Right. Joe, sounds like uh, Matthew, somebody that you're looking for for your clinic. So how how, how are you guys uh, billing all that, Matthew? So for manual therapy work, it's it's just cash. It's just cash-based. I mean, obviously, as you guys know, I mean, that's not – there's no health insurance model that – I mean, that I know of that, that allows that. So we just book I – and mean, we just I, – I book them out, I schedule them out, and uh, either a 30-minute session, a 60-minute session – and I clearly state on the website, hey, look, like this is manual therapy soft tissue work. It's not a full body massage. It's no candles. I'm not putting music on. There's no dark room. Um, it's, it's strictly localized treatment, and it's a four-part process. So you come in. I run it through a quick assessment. Obviously, there's an intake form, which looks very similar to a PT's, but it's not the same um, that, my, that my boss Dave okayed. Um, and then we do some localized treatment for about 20, 30 minutes, and then we do some, um, you know, some some simple corrective exercises that, you know, two or three uh, really specific things. And then the biggest thing is movement education. Like educate, hey, look, like this is pissing your back off. 
don't do this to piss it off. Do this instead. For the meantime, check back in a week. I usually see people for two or three sessions and then they don't come back because they're done after that. I'm not looking to book people up for you know, you know, know, monthly sessions. This isn't a massage parlor. It's more or less like come in for a quick fix, whatever you got going on. And if it's something like I can't treat, I'm going to give you to the PTs that are better than me or I'm going to send you to someone who's just you know, better suited for that, that, uh, that treatment process there. Yeah, I guess I was kind of when when you were talking about the scenario where uh, the therapist is is telling you, hey, uh, you know, I'd I'd appreciate it if you if you do some uh, soft tissue work, you know, on on this guy's quad. Yeah, that's cash. That okay. So, so yeah, yeah. So they'll just say, hey, book a thirty thirty minute session uh, before your one hour PT session with me, or I'm sorry, with like let's say Zach. So I'll do that for them, or I'll do it post. Um, gotcha. you know, it's just, yeah, it's either 30 minute session or an hour and it's all cash based. Okay. Yep. And how, how are the outcomes usually with that? Like that system's been working for you guys? Yeah, it's been working. We see a lot of the sports population. We got a lot of triathletes, marathon runners, CrossFitters, powerlifters, um, Olympic weightlifters. So obviously I dabble in the powerlifting stuff. By no means am I competitive. It's just myself. Um, but by having that background and kind of doing competitions, a lot of powerlifters will come in just for treatment. Um, and then obviously Zach does a lot of CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting, more so the Olympic weightlifting stuff. So, you know, there's a local box nearby that people do that, that he's there as well. So they'll come in to see me for treatment, for manual therapy treatment strictly, just because we have that connection. And obviously, uh, one of our PTs runs a lot of marathons and you know endurance-based triathlons, and so we have we have a large following there as well. So we're in a really unique setting where we see a, a wide variety of athletes, and they come in for that. Do people, uh, because you're a massage therapist as well in, in in your credentials, do they see that as more of a commodity than say going to physical therapy? Because you know when someone has like a copay. They just feel like it's this throwaway thing and like they can miss their visit, but people don't miss their massage or people don't miss, you know, their hair appointment because it's like something that they're paying for and something that they scheduled. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've had good success with it. Um, you know, and to be upfront, I mean, I'm, I, I work, so I, I split time between both places. So I work, you know, two thirds of my week is at the, at the training facility and one third is at the, the clinical setting. Um, I take maybe 10 treatment sessions a month maximum. It's, it's a very small amount of what I do, but, you know, I've had a lot of success w- with the clients I've had. I've, you know, I've had a good retention rate, um, and I'll have a lot of like the, hey, quick 30-minute session before a PT t- treatment session. So it's worked quite well for us. Um, it's just added a bit of uh, n- just another service we can provide, and I mean, I've, ha- I never, I've never had any cancellations or anything like that because I've had so little of them. But um, I, I would agree with you that, you know, people see it as, well. Wow, like I'm paying for this service. It's a bit more money than a copay. I'm, I'm going to come to it. Um, and again, like, like I said, I see them two or three times and they check back with me. Hey, I'm good. All right, cool. Like, you know, if you ever need anything, let me know. I'm, I'm not looking to chase people down and, you know, steal their pockets, so to speak. It's just something I can provide if they need it. If not, like go to the PTs. If not, like go lift some weight and train. What about what about what you're doing now? do you enjoy and do you still plan on applying to PT school? Like what, what about physical therapy attracts you? Cause it sounds like you're, you're, you're enjoying what you're doing now. Yeah. So that is a great question, Gene. I, um, I've debated the PT thing a bajillion times. Um, and I'm very close with several local, um, DPT directors, so to speak. So, um, not to name any names, but you know, there, there are certain situations where I've definitely considered. Um, but I mean, as you guys know, it, it's, it's not cheap. And it, it's quite a bit of, of time. So 
is it a possibility in the future? I'm not sure. But what's more important to me now is, you know, I, you know, I have a, I have a long-term girlfriend and, you know, moving in, all those type of things and, you know, ring and all those, th- those things are a bit more important to me now and family. So long-term we'll see, but I don't really think it, right now, I mean, you know, we're traveling, we're doing workshops, the, the training facility is doing well, the clinical setting is doing well, clinical athlete workshops taking off. I just don't, I don't feel a need for it right now, given the amount of stuff that, you know, I have in front of me on the table that I'm lucky to have. But, um, you know, someday if the opportunity came and it, it seemed reasonable, I mean, it's definitely something I would look into. But I've, I think I've kind of worked my way into a unique niche where people in the PT and, and sports rehab realm respect me for my work, but also know that I have integrity and that I'm more of a team player and that I'm also a strength conditioning coach as well. Yeah, going back to that, um, when I mentioned a little bit in your intro, what's it been like to rebrand so many times in just a, a few years? I'm happy you brought this up. So I initially chose you know, mobility 101 in the same seat, in the same seat that I am sitting in now in my room with my girlfriend behind me, you know, help me out. Hey, like, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I chose that initially as, you know, mobility. I thought it was a sexy, a sexy term at the time. This is when mobility wad and Kelly Strat, he was really hot at the time. And 101 to me meant simple, basic, like learning principles, which has always been something that's important to me, simple. Um, and then when I rebranded to Movement Resilience, it was more like, hey, look, I'm going to be adding LMT to my treatment, I, my service tools. And, you know, it speaks more toward everything comes back to movement and resilience it, to me is like long-term health. So I, I, was like, I was like, you know what, this is more applicable performance, movement, health, fitness, strength makes more sense. And the, the last move I made within the last week in terms of just getting my, my website, Matthew-Ibrahim.com, that wasn't really a rebrand in my opinion. It's more of like, hey, I'm kind of done using other various names. I just want to use my own name akin to, you know, how Boyle did it and Eric Cressy did it, you know, Ben Bruin, all those guys. I would, I'm looking at it more so like, hey, look, I just want you to know who I am just by my name. And the mission hasn't changed. And my passion and my drive have not changed. It's just a matter of I'm tired of being behind like a logo or a name I just, or, or, you know, a brand. I just want my own name to speak. Right. I, I understand that totally. Although Eric Cressy has been, I don't know if I, I, I heard him say this on a podcast or I read it in a blog post. He said he does regret somewhat getting really big under his own name because sometimes people don't want to see another strength coach who works for him. Yeah, I, I've heard that as well, and, and um, yeah, I've heard that a couple times actually. But I mean, I, I think it's you know he, he's also he also owns a facility, and he's also I mean he he is one of if not the biggest name in the strength conditioning industry as a whole. So I, I can definitely see where he's coming from with that. Well, it's different. It, it's it yeah. all it all depends on the goal. The, yeah. You know, if if the goal is for your for you and your name to to generate a uh, following to 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 create work where you are. That's one thing. You know, it's usually the other way around. If you want to build a brand and you yeah. want to kind of scale a business, you want to, you want to have a brand identity versus necessarily uh, a personal brand. That's the thing, too. That's the, you know, people were thinking that I, I have a facility and this is not. I'm like, look, I, I, I literally like it's not even an LLC. It's just like a name I came up with and I, and I purchased a logo and website. And but, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I, I'm, I'm not someone who's looking to open up a training a, a facility or anything like that. And, you know, I was getting a lot of questions I was like, you know what, I just. Here, here's my name. This is what it is. Here's my website. Here's just a landing page. And, and that's, I, I try to keep it simple, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. So to me, to, one thing that it's kind of interesting to me is that the, the manual therapy, the, the massage therapist 
and the strength and conditioning, they're almost kind of like opposites. They're, they're polar opposites, right? One mm-hmm. is a passive type of treatment. The other one is the complete opposite of passive. It's a ton of loading. How, how do you mm-hmm. balance the two and how do you, how do you kind of put them on the same spectrum? I look at it like this. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking to help individuals get better in whatever their goal is with health, performance, fitness, training, whatever it is. And although, yes, manual therapy is a passive modality, my goal is to just to use it for a quick opening of a window, so to speak. And that now we have new acquired ranges of motion or whatever you want to call it. Let's go actually load that, load that up and, and move you through some movement patterns so that you understand, oh, okay, now I know what you're looking for me to feel. And then when we go back to training, this is what I want. Because to me, the ultimate goal and something you guys alluded to earlier is like exercise prescription is number one. Movement is, 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 is something that we all should be able to you know, apply and prescribe. And you know, the biggest thing for me is getting people back to training, back to performance, back to what they were doing physical activity wise. So that's most important to me. But in terms of balancing, like I'm kind of like I alluded to earlier, most of what I do on a weekly basis is coaching, training, programming for athletes and clients. I don't do as much of the manual stuff. It's just more of like, hey, I can offer this if you need it. What do you think is the biggest limitation as a strength and conditioning coach? Uh, it's a saturated field by, by the numbers are, are ridiculous. It's extremely saturated um, you know, and I think, you know, not that I don't think the PT rehab field is like this as well, but I think the PT rehab field, I think that as a whole, there's relatively speaking more professionalism. Whereas I think as a whole, the straight conditioning field, I think there's a lot of, you know, stepping on toes and trying to one up people. And I mean, at the end of the day, like we're all here to help people. Like, is that not the goal? So to me, it's, it's just, it's something I wish that will change moving forward where, hey, look, we're all here as a team. We should be working together, helping each other and not being dogmatic with our, oh, here's my new approach to like mobility. Like none of what we do is new. Like it's just how you put it, your own spin on it, your own personality and your own character. There's no new exercise. There's no new, like it's just, it's just silly to me. So that's another reason why, although I'm big, I, I like to be, you know, I like to be on social media a lot and put content out. I'm not big into this whole bickering and arguing. To me, it's just, it's just nonsense and a waste of time. I feel like we should all, everyone in the field should be working together as, as a team here to help people get better. Just the, the clients and athletes and patients that need our help. If only everyone went out for white sangrias, right? Pink sangrias. You know what? Pink sangrias with white umbrellas. I mean, if that, if that was the goal, I mean, I think we should all just be, you know, striving for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Joe, you in? Amen. As long as we have our pinkies up, that's pinkies the most up. important thing. Like Dr. Evil, pinkies up. <laughs> pinkies up. All yeah, right. That's a Dr. E special. Right. I actually thought he was joking when he ordered. We are ordering beers out at this oh, yeah. Italian restaurant. We're getting like huge, copious amounts of food. And Matt orders this pink sangria with an umbrella in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I, hey, I'm not shy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That's what I order. Typically. It totally suits. Wine or sangria? I'm just letting that one marinate for a little bit. <laughs> that's um, that's fantastic. I mean that that exemplifies the, the the struggle of a manual therapist and a strength and conditioning coach. I mean it, it's you just you just love you just love the struggle of the pool of ordering a what would I'd say historically not be a manly drink. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> exemplified with with the umbrella. 
I, I will have you guys all know too. I'm not a big drinker at all. So it, it's well, you, you know, notice that after you told us what you yeah. order when you go well, out to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I drink on rare occasions. Oh, well, I'm honored that you actually had a drink when we were out. Yeah, well, you're Dr. E, so I have to. <laughs> that he is. That he is. All right, the next the next one's on me. N- next sangria? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, our umbrella. <laughs> umbrella? It's a great with umbrella. I can only imagine the looks you get from bartenders when you actually ask for an umbrella. Oh, it's yeah, it's bad. I was gonna say, did your did your girlfriend pick you up by buying you that drink? <laughs> yeah, that you know that's how did you know? <laughs> hey, whatever works, man. I'll you have what that. he's having. She said, "Go for it, <laughs> go for it." Hey, sometimes it's it's, it's all about the outcomes, Erson. Oh man, a- Andrew Millet, Kyle Coffey, all those guys are gonna love this this piece of this this piece of the uh, discussion. I had to fit it in. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm happy you did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> well done, well done. So let, let's um, let's let's kind of finish it out with um, Joe. I'm I'm definitely interested because you're you've been trying to incorporate this whole fitness aspect and uh, kind of optimize it at, at your clinic. Like listening to all this, um, what are you thinking? Like in terms of personnel, in terms of making it all work. Any any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think. Uh... Matthew seems very driven, uh, self self motivated, and uh, and and he's he's hungry to make it happen. Um, and I think that's that's kind of I I think all the all the pieces fit together if the people that are that are uh, in those roles. Um, work together and 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 really really work hard um at at being a being a full full system and i, I think that you know it, it, to me um it's a lot of it is about finding finding the right people to, to put in the position to succeed and i think that uh matthew's he, he's he's put himself in position uh to be around the right people to to make the model um for uh cohesive care work and uh, you know i mean you're you're transitioning uh and, and you're you're complementing um the the different uh settings that, that you that you work uh between i, I just I, I feel like that's to me that that's what i'm i'm saying is that you, you gotta you gotta find the right people mm-hmm. yeah. yes agreed you know, it's having that having the right team dynamic where where one if if you do it right and everyone actually genuinely enjoys doing what they're there to do, then um, then it, it's a cliche at this point, but it, it's not a job, it's not work. You know, people yeah. people don't go to a job; they they go to they go to fulfill their passion, and um, that that's when everything clicks and everyone everyone has a piece of they have an ownership stake in in this entity that is whatever they're doing and whether they have a license or a doctorate or or a certification doesn't really matter because it, it's people working with people and like Matthew like you said it's really at the end of the day it's it's doing what's best for the people that are coming in and, and helping yeah. others helping your community yeah I agree and then drinking sangrias with umbrellas well if you're lucky <laughs> true true 
All right. So if um, if uh, people want to hear more and kind of see what you're what you're putting out, what, what kind of online content are you putting out, by the way? So the content, I'm, it's more on social media, whether it's you know educational videos, athletic development stuff, training stuff. Um, a lot of it is geared toward what we provide, what Zach and I provide in the Hip Hinge one-on-one workshop that we do. Um, you know, we run through top to bottom a full-day workshop with CEUs for the deadlift. So assessments, hip stuff, pain science, low back health, all that stuff, and then hip hinge, hip hinge exercise progressions, deadlifts, and coaching technique and cues. And um, you know, we've done about nine of them so far. We have about five booked up for the spring, two for the fall. So that's become quite popular. But most of it's geared toward low back, hip, hip stuff, deadlift stuff, and all those type of related uh, topics. Nice, man. That that sounds cool. And if people want to see any of that, where, where can they find you? I think the easiest thing to go to my website. So it's Matthew first name dash Ibrahim last name dot com, and everything, all the social media stuff. That's all there as well. Nice. All right, we'll put all that stuff um, on our podcast page at updocmedia.com under the Therapy Insiders podcast for this episode. And um, any closing thoughts, Urs? Uh it was great having you on, Matt. I know that uh, we've been. We've been looking to do this for quite a while, and thanks for being flexible. And uh, I think next time I'm up there in Boston in August, I'll uh, ask for a 60-minute effleurage. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> full, <laughs> you want the sangria before full or after? Body, full after, body effleurage and then a sangria. Oh, sangria yeah. <laughs> and a cigarette. Oh, my gosh. Writers? Yes, for sure. <laughs> E-cigarette. The, the Boston special. Joe, close the Oh, my gosh. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. All right, Matthew. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. It was cool, cool chatting with you. Definitely cool to get a, a perspective outside from physical therapy, but kind of within within the circle. And um, it's always it's always nice to to hear unique perspectives, especially in the when dealing with uh, strength and conditioning as well. Yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. I really appreciate your time. All right, hope you enjoyed that episode of Therapy Insiders Podcast from UpDoc Media with guest Matthew Ibrahim. Hope you really got something, some takeaway from that and that really whether you're a physical therapist or a manual therapist or chiropractor or strength and conditioning coach, obviously our customers, our patients, our community, the, the people, the relationships that we build, it's the people's goals that we work with that's important. It's, it's their outcomes, it's, it's how we help them that at the end of the day really is the critical essential part and that's why we should be doing what we do um, and I hope that really is the main point and it was it was cool to hear Matthew and how he works in that team and really how a lot, it seems like a lot of egos have to be put aside for all that to function and work well and I think that there's a lot a lot to learn from that so I hope you enjoyed it let us know what you think as always tweet at us at Therapy Insiders for me at the OMPT for Urson at Joe DPT for Joe Follow along on UpDoc Media. We have the Recharge TV show coming out, um, the, the startup experience about how Ryan Smith and and um, Ben and I are putting together Recharge here in Maryland, which is a fitness, CrossFit, physical therapy, mindfulness business. And we've been recording content about what it's like to really start that. And it's been on Snapchat at RechargeXFit and obviously through some, some little pieces so far on UpDoc Media as well. We'll have Ryan on soon to talk about that whole experience of building the company. And if you have any questions about anything else, just reach out to us, obviously Twitter, Facebook, and um, email. So thanks for listening. Catch you again next week. 
Therapy Insiders Podcast from UpDoc Media.